sexy. Welcome to Book Babes Banter, your go-to place to listen to all things bookish. Every episode, we'll talk about what we're currently reading and dive into a bookish theme. I'm Sal. And I'm Soph. And today, we're talking about our bookish icks and pet peeves. But before we get there, Soph, what are you currently reading? Okay, so right now... I'm reading, and you'll be shocked to hear that it's a book I haven't finished. But in my defense, I literally started it like at 1 a.m. last night. <laughs> okay, <It's, laughs> no one's attacking like, you. <laughs> I only have like a few chapters left. It's so good. It's called Heart of Stone by Sam Hall. It's a gargoyle romance. Ooh. Um, it involves four gargoyles, and it really starts with this. Uh, woman she's with this like human guy they broke up and she also loses her job so all these bad things are happening to her in chapter Mm -hmm. one and two yeah so what transpires after that is a gargoyle romance there are four of them they all know each other but they don't all come at the same time like she's introduced to them slowly the book unravels some other fantasy elements like about the overall theme of like the gargoyles where they came from her connection to them and she kind of joins this new community in the human world, but there's like complexities to it. So you learn about that. So the actual story plot is great. The story building, the fantasy element, great. It's like 550 pages or like around 600 on an ebook. And the sex scenes are so good. And that's the one thing I do like about monster romance. When there's multiple sex scenes, it's just not the same repetitive sex scene. So um, that's what I'm finishing up. It's called Heart of Stone by Sam Hall. And then this week, uh, recently, I just finished two Valentine's Day romances. First one's called Petty Cupid by Sarah Blue. It's about a Cupid who falls in love with uh, Grim Reaper and the Grim Reaper's I name is Death and the Cupid's name is Love and Aww. Cupid is also like pink and girly and uh, Grim Reaper wears all black but mostly looks like a normal human whereas like you know Cupid the girl um, like sort of like small they don't really focus on like size difference too much yeah. but they're trying to emphasize like she's not like she's small because she's Cupid like Cupid's yeah. are just smaller in general but it's super cute um mostly focuses in that Cupid world because the Reaper world is not as people are <laughs> more alone. Day. That's yeah, Halloween romance. Yeah, it's super cute. Happily ever that. after. There are some good sex scenes, but also if you like a good price kink or have an interest of calling someone daddy, um, the ending is good. The ending sex scene, like literally the last two chapters. And then the other one I read is Valentine for My Vampire by Honey Phillips. It's about a traveling food blogger who goes to this small town, reviews a restaurant negatively, and the chef, who is a vampire, keeps trying to message her. He's, like, really mad about this review. He (laughs) finally gets, like, you know, hooked in and, like, comes back. And he, that's his mate. I love a good mate. But yeah, and there is also a spooky element to this Valentine's Day romance. There is some exorcisms, which is kind of funny. But 
<laughs> Those were my reads of the week. Unfortunately, no monster fucking for me this week. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm reading Clap When You Yeah. But I'm reading <laughs> Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo. It's a novel written in verse, so like a novel written in poems. And it's about two girls who've never met and they're living in two very different places, but they learn of each other after their father dies. So they're half sisters and they had no idea that their dad had a whole other family. I'm listening to it on audio, which I'd highly recommend because the verse is slam poetry and the characters speak Spanish. So I think by listening to it on audio, you give that piece of work the most justice. It's beautiful so far. Some of the lines have really made me pause because I feel like the author has captured the perfect words to describe these really intimate glimmers of life that you may have felt but never worded before. So there's a a couple of lines that I've just jotted down because they really stuck with me. I would recommend if it sounds interesting to you, some of the themes include grief and family conflict and sexual harassment So I would just kind of check out the content warning, see if you're in the space to be able to read that. But I'm really enjoying it so far. So I tried to read that book and I DNF'd it. I just couldn't get into it. I like not necessarily content wise, but I might try the audio book though, because maybe that's why I couldn't get into it. I just don't necessarily speak in that tone in my head when I'm reading it's so different audio yeah like just to put it together like my brain has to catch up with the way I'm processing the words I also read the poet x by the same author on audio and it was incredible I am not like a poetry reader so for me I think if I actually read that like physically I'd be like what the hell is this I, yeah. I, I couldn't I don't think I could keep up with the story if I read it like that but and this way you get to listen to it the way the author intended because she is um the one who narrates the audiobook as well so in honor of talking shit which we just love to do today we're gonna be spilling on all of our bookish and pet peeves But before we get started and before we get in trouble, just a quick disclaimer that none of these icks are up for debate. We said what we said. They've been recorded. They're in the Bible, the Constitution, housekeeping rules, girl code, Taylor Swift's vault. We're having it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you disagree or agree with any of these, please be sure to leave us five stars and Venmo us $10. With that, Soph, what's your first bookish ick or pet peeve? Okay, this I had to put down because I always bring this ick up, and it's the virgin trope. And when I say the virgin trope, I don't mean the issue being that, and usually the virgin trope is where the female main character is a virgin. I don't have an issue with the female main characters being a virgin, I hate the virgin trope because the plot literally circles around (laughs) her being a virgin uh, 
all of these men want her for her virginity. Like oh, that so is the plot. Yeah. <laughs> or when like and especially when they add the element to the plot that, oh, she's like a shy, naive girl and like she doesn't know anything about anything and she's just needs to be saved and like damsel in distress. It's just a recipe for ick. Like yeah. you're throwing up. That is really like one of my biggest icks. And again, it's literally not about anyone being a virgin. Not it. Virgins? Like stand down. It's not about that. Yeah. Like like, I love virgins. I do not love virgin tropes. It's just a major ick for me. What would the would the ending of the book be her losing her virginity? Um, usually in them, it's not always that, but there is just like this big point in their relationship where it's like like she finally loses her virginity with them but Mm. like for up until that point like everything about her circles around being a virgin that is so funny because i i've never thought about anyone's virginity (laughs) literally (laughs) yeah and it's like it's not even her perspective most of the time that's what ruins it more like it's not even about her perspective which i could get behind because it's like it's her talking about it it's like oh the family or like oh the guy and then like they have sex and he's like oh my god I can't believe she's a virgin and like there's blood like ew like first of all (laughs) that's not even like a thing like it doesn't matter if she's a virgin not a virgin if she is bleeding during sex and it's not her period like 90% of the time you guys did not prep well like you did not prep her well it's not good sex like does not matter what she is like you hurt her. Like yeah, literally. Like losing like the whatever people thought losing your virginity is, like it can happen from like a sneeze, it can happen from a tampon. <laughs> like um also sometimes, yeah, the ending is about that and that makes it even worse. Yeah. I have not read far enough into a virgin trope book to know how that ending goes. Like I, I'm even yeah. trying to think that through, but I don't really have one that I can call back on, but yeah, even if it's a book and midway I'm realizing, oh my god, like yeah. now they're getting into the part where it's just heavy virgin trope uh, coming from especially the other guy. I'm DNFing. So that's my first ick. What about you? Okay, so my first ick is men reading in public. That is a major red flag to me. I yeah. would report that as a public health concern. Because I know you are trying to bait and trap women. Like, what else would you be doing? If you wanted to read that bad, you would stay at home. No, literally. literally. Especially with Instagram or social media accounts now that are like men reading on or like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like you are a slut. You are a slut. (laughs) Derogatory. Okay. Yeah. Um. I, and this is for men only. Yeah, this is for men only. Okay, that was going to be my last point. But like if you are anyone else and you can read wherever you want and you're doing a great job. If I see a woman reading in public, I'm giving her my number in a way that does not disturb her. But I'm marrying her. But if a man does, like I... <laughs> so many thoughts ran into my head of like violent things I would do. But actually, no, if I... <laughs> If I see a man reading in public, I'm not looking at him because that's what he wants. I actually, you know what? To the men that read in public, thank you because now I know to walk the other way. 
No, literally, it's such like I that is the biggest red flag. Also, it reminds me of Dan Humphrey. I can't remember in Gossip red Girl flag. if he's ever read in public, but like I just feel like that is his vibe. And yeah, like also like men literally read like history or nonfiction. Why the why would you want to read that outside? Like I know. this is not like Stop bothering us. Also, like, do you really need to read 1984 outside? Like, <laughs> I know you're not enjoying reading that. And a lot of, like, uh, things that I see of those Instagram accounts are yeah. men standing in, like, public transportation reading a book. And it's, like, the way you're holding that book, I know you are not reading Literally. It. Okay. Oh, my God. So I was on the subway recently. And then a man was, like, held his book up. But his face was beside the book. And he was, like looking around to see who was looking at him and yeah i feel like not the book me. is a creeper i don't even know if people read newspapers outside anymore like in old movies but i feel like a newspaper is like the book is now the, it's the equivalent yeah. yeah like i, I just don't trust you yeah exactly i do i'm very distrustful of men especially men i do not know which would be all men because as a woman i yeah. would not know a man okay but Anyways, I just even know. a man I know, even a man I know, I don't trust you. Like <laughs> if you're a man I know, and then I real learn later on that you read in public. First of you're all, dead to immediate. Me. But yeah, exactly. Like you are unknown to me now. Like <laughs> you are like you are not even like dead to me. Like you never existed as a being. Like that is how far I'm going. Because, like, how did – like, I'm just so embarrassed that I could have known someone who either thought that they should do that or was doing that the whole time that I knew them. Because if, like, I'd be so disappointed if – I'm not saying I do know a man, but if I did know a man and he did that, I'd be so disappointed because you would threaten women like that. No, exactly. And, again, like – why are you doing it like yeah like I'm just trying to think of a scenario where a man needs to read in public and I'm like work like that yeah, is like no you're allowed to, to read, read like some stuff but not books like you cannot be yeah, reading a like, full ass book in public yeah you like liar I'm just like, like even in a library like as a man why are you reading in the library like women are there like you are literally <laughs> attacking them like like this is a safe zone like just get your book and leave literally like don't sit down and read like a girl needs that spot yeah like for yeah. all the girlies like leave them alone and if you are a girl who knows a man doing that like unknow them like let let us know so we can take care of it men stop doing that everyone else keep doing what you're doing what's your next bookish ick okay my next one it's phrases in books especially coming from the main male character where he's like I'm the alpha or like when they're having sex she's like oh god and he's like oh god isn't here right now or like no. I'm your god like I'm cringing so in, hard <laughs> yeah like it's so cringy but like if that happens early on in a book I'm probably gonna DNF especially mm -hmm. if it's in like the first or second uh, sexing like before I could like kind of skip through it but if that becomes like their full personality or it mm -hmm. happens more than once in a book like 
immediate DNF. The only time I will get bamboozled is if it's at the end (laughs) of a book. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's just so cringe. It's overused now as well. Like I think Mm. one or two people did it and now everyone's like, oh my God, let me just add this piece in. I do not understand how that can be sexy. And like the other thing is, I always think about like, what if someone said that to me while we were fucking? I would immediately like laugh so hard. Like, okay, there's two options. I would laugh so hard or I would go into fight or flight mode <laughs> and, and I would like get violent because I'm in fight or flight. Like, like what? What did you say right now? Like, like it would completely throw me off like I was talking to this guy for a bit who I knew and Mm. he mentioned something like you're the submissive one I'm the alpha like you don't get to make the rules and I literally like (laughs) like cackled like we were on the phone too so like I was like laughing like literally LMAO like my ass was being laughed off I have like a huge ass so like it's so big but like (laughs) like and this was just being told by this person like they thought they were being sexy and I just like cackled and then I had to hang up yeah like no but like I just stopped talking to him after I'm like yeah no that just like ruined it because he also texted it another time I saw like at first I'm like Maybe we were both joking and I didn't realize. (laughs) And then, like, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This is serious behavior. So I hate reading it in books. I just feel like it probably won't ruin the whole book. Like, the whole book could be good. But it's one of those icks where I'm like, I do not. I I just can't read the main male character anymore and get hot (laughs) for him. Um, so yeah, just anything along those lines of like, I'm the alpha or like, I'm your God, like, unless like the character in the book is a God and you say, yeah, yeah say my name, babe. Like, okay. You only get that, that once though. Yeah. yeah. You, you, like, you get one scene to say that and you only get to say it once. Like, yeah. like the only other times I want to hear you say God in that book is I am the God of X, Y, Z. I will kill you for hurting her. Something along (laughs) those lines. Like, it's just so bad. And then it's just like afterwards, I'm like, this is so cringe. Like, I am like throwing up, vomiting, screaming, crying that I had to experience reading, hearing, knowing of that. And like, I just want to ask authors and readers, like, what turns you on about that? How does that turn you on? You're like, like, I'm you kink shaming. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not kink shaming. I am conversations during sex shaming. Like, yeah. what turns you on about reading that or having that? I don't think I've even watched porn that has that. Um, nor have I heard about that <laughs> from, like, you put, like, the alpha in, in the search bar? That's crazy. No, but, like... I think Alpha did come through like a lot through Omegaverse, which somewhat yeah. I gave it a pass. And like now it's just too much. Yeah. But like again, like I just want to know because it's not ever coming from the male perspective or it didn't start that way or get popular that way. So I just want to know what turns women on about that 
support, like to give a man that much power with this type of language. Language, yeah. Towards the woman. Like, I think this is more abusive in like a fluffy romance than like a lot of the shit that goes down in dark romance. And I stand by that. Like, I said what I Venmo said. Venmo me $10. <laughs> yeah. Venmo me $10 right now. I, um, I don't even know what I would do if that ever happened to me, but I hope that I start punching if that happens to me. Yeah. Like knowing me, I would laugh so hard. I would like <laughs> my body would just immediately start like flailing around me and kicking them because I'm like cackling and I'm already in a position with like like my all my limbs contorted. My head is like here, like like no, if that yeah, happens, getting, like, I'm having an exorcism right now because you said that. Like that is, I just hope I. Uh, Mame anyone who does that to me in person. Agree. Um, not that I'm interested in being the alpha, but definitely not you. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't want to hear it. I don't exactly. Care. Like as a man, you are never dominant. You might think you're dominant, but you're not. Like if you, as a man, think you're dominant, you're not dominant. Like, <laughs> like but if it's anything along those lines, especially during sex, I- yeah. <laughs> the, the, it can, <laughs> I don't even know what's like a better term to use, but the ick is so ick. It's, yeah. yeah it, it's ew. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So and I have this joke where, but it's not a joke, but where we, like, men are not allowed to say, like, yeah. have the alphabet. <laughs> but, like, because. Men want to call themselves alpha. I'm taking away the letter A. Yeah, I'm also taking away O so they can't say God. (laughs) And I think before we did give them rights to D at some points and G, gone. (laughs) Gone, Immediately gone. Definitely no vowels. (laughs) Yeah, like vowels including Y, gone. (laughs) Like in this context. Oh, and like no L's either because I love saying words with L's. So like you guys cannot lol, LMFAO, RLFL, LUL. Like you guys cannot do any of those. Like Okay. Also, like what are you going to do? It Like we gave you letters and then you read in public. Like you cannot exactly. be trusted. Exactly. Oh. Like not only are you not allowed to say them, you cannot read them. Like, yeah. they just don't process in your head. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's not restricted to the English alphabet, but, like, whatever <laughs> is the equivalent in other alphabets for vowels and almost all the letters except, like, X. You could have X. Actually, no, because Elon Musk used X oh, for no, Twitter. Oh, no, you're so right. Not even X. See? Like, See what happens when you give them stuff? <laughs> Yeah, like I don't even know what letter they can have, and Q is too cute, so they can't have Q. Like, I'll have okay. to, I'll have to, like, we'll take it away. On this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the letters are gone for men right now. I'm <laughs> like just having this second ick, and we're only on ick two, by the way. Like mine two, we haven't even hit Selena's ick two, and men have lost complete like vowel. Uh, sorry, alphabet vowel privileges yeah. in all languages reading and speaking it somehow they may have the ability to write it but unsure we're not at sure this point. yeah yeah we're not sure yeah. yet 
My ick number two is insta-love. So this is when two characters fall in love instantly with each other. It's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) And as you can imagine, it's uh, not uncommon in the romance genre. So for me, like I let a lot of shit go when I read, okay? I literally recommended, in all seriousness, a wolf shifter romance on the podcast. I am willing to suspend disbelief and a lot of it. I am here for a good time when I read. But just insta-love isn't my favorite trope. I love soulmate trope. It's not about them being Mm. in love. It's just how you get there. I think that's why I like opposites attract or enemies to lever. Like I need the buildup. I need the chase. I feel like without the tension, where is the plot, you know? And I feel like maybe that's why I don't love Golden Retriever because Golden Retriever to me is like halfway to insta-love. Do Like in real life, do I like a man that is that likes me <laughs> yes yeah. but golden retriever just like isn't really it for me what about insta love one way and by one way i just mean for the man like the oh, man like is unrequ- yeah like like intense pining on one side like um not necessarily intense pining like he's he really wants her she's not aware he's insta love with her and he's trying to build her up there and then at the end they are in love but the insta-love aspect is like, you know, I guess it could be in a mate way where they just immediately see each other and they have a mate bond. But yeah, like- I think I would read it and I'm sure like I could read it in a way where I'd like it, but that's not something I'm drawn to. So overall, I'm going to say no. Um, and yeah, that's my last I love point. Insta-love. Is- yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, I'll still read it if- and I might enjoy it. I just probably won't end up being a fave for me personally. No, I was going to say I love insta-love versus slow burn. I know. I'd rather have slow burn. I just like, no, like slow burn, unless slow burn means they're having like a lot of good banter, raunchy sex. Great. I don't then think that's laugh. slow burn. <laughs> yeah, that's not slow burn. So yeah. I love insta-love and insta-love on one side, one side being the man side, but I'd also want that in my regular... I actually do get that in my regular life, so that's probably why. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so my ick three, I hate cheating trope or other woman drama. Mm, One, in real life, but in in books especially because it's like I'm choosing to read you. And I'll just clarify when I say cheating or other women drama I mean like the actual couple in the book where the guy cheats on her or they're in a relationship and there's another woman or he's involved in the other women drama like not where his ex is coming back and like Mm. going crazy and he has like they have to deal with that it's more like he's also involved and the other woman in some way immediate no now in the fictional sense if they end up together through cheating (laughs) that's allowed I will read it I will probably enjoy it I'm trying to think of a book where that's happened and I don't think I have one but um, just in case you'll let it pass yeah (laughs) if that's the plot I'll allow it or, like, during the book, uh, one of them's dating someone else, and then, like, she cheats on him with the main male character, and then she's like, oh, my God, yeah, no, I love him more, and ends up with the other guy. Basically, she's allowed to cheat, or he's allowed to cheat to end up with her, but, like, 
other than that, like, I just, I can't read other women drama or male cheating in books. Like, in real life, I don't like cheating or being a cheater, but that doesn't stop me from enjoying books where the woman is a cheater. That's my ick. And, like... (laughs) As a female writer of romance, like, why do you want to put a man in a position where he's gonna, like, be interested in other women? Like, in my romance books, 90% of the time, the guy has not found happiness, has not found anything until he meets that woman. And that is it. There is no other woman in his life, no other source of happiness, like, the other day on TikTok, people post like, I guess it's book talk. People post like different scenes from books. And I saw one and it was like, the girl was annoyed because he had touched some other woman. And and then he was like, oh my God, I didn't even realize I did that. And then he took out a knife. What? And he was like, <laughs> where, like, where oh did God. she touch me? Or where did we touch? And she showed like, she, oh, sorry, she had told him where they, uh, had touched on his shoulder or something and then he pulled out the knife and like he scraped off his skin and like oh I my think god what the matter <laughs> I haven't see- seen that bit before and I didn't realize it was a book that I had saved oh in my, my Kindle Unlimited. but then after seeing that scene I'm like wait let me bring this back up and for the title um in case you guys are wondering it's Primal First Snoop <laughs> by Bella J um but yeah like I had put it in my Kindle Unlimited to read when it's out uh in January but I totally forgot about it um and then I saw that scene and I'm like okay I'm down for that um I haven't seen something and that serious before but like that's what I want like where she just mentions you did this and he's like I am like killing myself because I did that um but yeah so my third is no other woman drama or cheating on the main female character good one good one okay my bookish ick number three is when books get unhinged in the sequel so what I'm talking about is when the world is set up well in the first book and then every single thing explodes in the sequel just because it can. It it just, when that happens, it feels like the author has something to prove and they fulfill that by going down every single possible lane. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that makes for good writing. And like, just because you did something edgy and you're pulling out all these shock value things, I don't think that makes for good writing. I don't feel like just because you can you should. And I don't think that character mm-hmm. development development means good character development. It just could mean it developed. And for me, like above all, I really respect a tight storyline. And I don't want content just for content. So it's disappointing when something you like the first part of just seems to get ahead of itself and kind of like eat itself and just crumble in its future iterations. I feel like I need to say this. Okay, A Court of Thorn and Roses series. Mm-hmm. I read that series days after each other in this like sick frenzy haze when I had a cold. 
And honestly, like so much stuff, crazy stuff happens in that series. I eventually just started reading just for the characters, though. Like, I mm-hmm. want to know who's kissing who, who ends up together. If you go to war, if you fight a swamp monster, if you grow a second head, like, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not really paying attention to that part. So, but otherwise, yes, when books get unhinged in the sequels, I'm like, eh, that's kind of icky. It's so funny because I was going to put a bookish ick of series, but then I realized, is it really an ick or something I skip? But that's exactly why I skip series. Like, one, I don't want to spend that much time getting invested in, like, a couple that I have to wait and wait until they finally end up together. But I really feel like a lot of authors don't plan on having like an interconnected series so then the readers are really there to know what happens with the characters that they really like and the plot ends up like being bad um and what I mean by being bad is really like it has so many holes to the point of like it's not because it's a complicated like story building it's just like the author just wants to kind of like build more content and do it fast. And for me, like one, I will never touch a series that's not finished in case it is good and I get invested in it. With that being said, I rarely go into interconnected series. I will do series that are standalones because I need to know when something is happening And I'm an Aries. I need things to be, like, as fast as possible. (laughs) I would rather have a 1,000-page book (laughs) than have three books that are series. (laughs) That are, like, 333 pages each. Yeah, Yeah, like, like, that's how I felt about Manacled. I'm like, because it was in one book and it technically wasn't split out into three books. But it could have been because it's part one, part two, part three. And each are around 333 pages or probably more because I think it was a 2,000 page book. It was just easier to digest and put through. But I don't like getting invested in series. And then also when they end up bad and it's like, I wasted my time and now it's so bad. I can't even figure out what the ending to this couple is. Yeah. For me, the way I think about it is I'd rather have like a tight one season show Mm -hmm. than a 20 season show. And it just got so unhinged. Like I'm looking at you. Grey's Anatomy. Great. Exactly that. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. I'd rather have like a Queen's Gambit than a Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Yes. I think we're on number four and people may disagree, but you can't. If you did disagree with this, now that I'm saying this, you don't disagree anymore with this. <laughs> Ugly book covers. Okay. If you as I'm not talking about like somebody who's indie published and has no like resources or like throwing out erotica, that's like $5. I'm like talking about a general author who is being published and has those resources If you have an ugly, if you have a book ready to be published and you put an ugly book cover on it, why do you think I would buy it and put it on my shelf? This isn't me practicing minimalism or anything, but it's someone who's like moved a lot. I somewhat try to limit my full book library to under 300 books, ideally, just for my 
newish stocks. So I have to be very like particular about which books I can buy or when I have to not throw them out, but just give them to other people because I need to make new space. You know who's a good example of this? Colleen Hoover. That book cover, all of her book covers are so ugly. It was okay when she, first of all, her writing at all being published, not okay. But before she was known and she was just like a, I guess, indie author, whatever, like fine. You just put some bubble letters and a random (laughs) ass like Canva, like overlay, call it a book cover. Girl, I know you're making in bank. Get mm. a good book cover, get a like designer and like I have seen fan fiction authors, fan fiction fans literally yeah. make way better book cover art to submit than what these authors are getting. And I'm like, yeah, like you need to put in the effort for putting out a book. There can be book covers that I don't particularly like but I can appreciate as a good book cover you're going on my shelf I want to look at pretty things I am not going out of my way to buy something that doesn't fit the vibe and is ugly like I bought the Britney Spears memoir book but I have put it in hiding because it's so ugly (laughs) it reminds me of really old school like a sex in the city dvd player cover uh, Brittany is so good looking. I think they should just have left it as a picture of her on the book cover. I just don't like that book cover, but whatever. It's like a memoir. So I guess there's not much creativity, but especially for fiction authors, y'all need to like step it up. Okay. My ick number four is when authors drop a random ass slur for no reason. So by no reason, I mean using a slur that does not add to the plot or character development whatsoever. And I think a simple litmus test is, is the story the exact same without this slur? If yes, don't add it. I'm talking to you, Donna Tart Goldfinch. Oh my God. That book was so long, like eight hundred pages. Wasn't it a recent book too? Like yeah, like not like two thousand. Yeah, like Like I read it in high school. Well, okay, I don't know when it came out, but like more recent. And I know the movie came out in when I was in high school. And listen, this book is so boring. It's like eight hundred pages, but like the white Tumblr people made me feel like I needed to read it. Okay. And so I could be a part of the pop culture, the discourse, I could commentate on it. And I am glad I read it so that I can have an opinion on Donna Tartt because I know people love her off, especially when you're talking about dark academia books. But yeah, so like I read this boring 700, like a boring book at 790 pages. This man just wants to randomly drop the N-word for no reason. And then you continue on. And I'm like, why did you? Like, I'm already bothered and you bothered me so much with that. Like, I understand if it's what a was major- the point? I know. What's the point? Like, I understand it if it's came a- out in 2013, not even like 2003. You didn't need to do that, Donna Tart. I understand if it's a major theme in the book. Like, if this book is about homophobia and then a character gets called a slur, then that's fitting for the story. And that's probably actually better for the story because it w- has a more accurate representation of a lot of queer people's experiences. But if the whole book... No one said a thing. It's not about one of these social justice themes. 
and then a slur gets dropped. Like, why? That's so not needed. And I feel very strongly about this. I don't think that authors or artists have some creative authority to be using slurs in that manner. I don't feel like these words are props or accessories to glamorize your art. And I it, I think something that makes me so mad is that they use it to propel their individual work forward. And with just it just feels like with no regard to the impact of those words. It's just to use as a embellishment for your own work. And listen, I'm not having this fucking debate with anyone. I'm looking at you, Quentin Tarantino. This one, especially if you disagree with me, be sure to leave five stars, okay? Quentin Tarantino does not get a pass for using the N-word as much as he does. Not, Literally. not even as much as he does. Just he doesn't get a pass for saying the N-word. I don't give a fuck about you fans or who like you movie critics or whatever. Like Venmo me. Venmo me. I, I'm not having this fight with you. I feel like it's so gratuitous and it's not real art just because he's using the N-word. It's so gross. It's so weird. And I wish... I feel so bad for the girls that have to entertain men talking to them about Quentin Tarantino and like have to act like this is real art or something. And I think it just goes back to like, if you are not the person who is in real life supposed to be saying that slur because it would be directed at you, you do not get a pass to put it in like your book, your narrative, Mm -hmm. like, Uh, your songs like whatever you think like you don't get a pass because it's artistic Mm -hmm. like if you're making a movie you again you don't really get a pass to just give a white person saying that just because like when it's in the context of like a story related around like racism homophobia etc yes but even then as a white person or like the other side like, yeah, like, do you need to be telling that you story not, yeah like yeah. you don't need to write down like that yeah word in the story or in the script i always have much to say about ick <laughs> with that being said ick number five so this in one way may relate to my ick number one of the virgin trope but also not really i hate any book that puts a very big emphasis on the specific look of the female main character. And I say female main character because this usually doesn't happen with the main male character, but it's in a it's in a fetishized way mm-hmm. to a degree. But it's like when, oh my God, she's so small, like she's so short and tiny and small. And, like, I'm not talking about when somebody in the book is, like, a fairy or that Cupid I talked about earlier (laughs) where it's relevant because they're not a human to explain that they're so small. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, a regular schmegular human female main character and they're like, oh, my God, she's so small. Like, shut up. Or, like, on – and then it's like, oh, she is so skinny, so svelte. Like, she walks out of the car and, like, you know, she is a rack of bones. Like, I just ate all the meat off of her bones. Shut up. 
shut up. And then on the other end, too, when it like literally circles around her being plus size and all they Mm -hmm. can talk about is I don't care. I am a fat hoe. So like I do not find a hot to hear like, oh, my God, he loves my rolls and like like my stretch marks like who cares like first of all when I look at women like it's not like that I find roles unattractive or stretch marks unattractive or cellulite I literally just don't notice it to like have that be a figure of if they are hot or not like Mm -hmm. I don't notice it and like in a like Again, I'm not saying where it's like, oh, one scene where she's talking about her body. I'm talking about the context of the whole book is literally defining her by specific aspects of her body or body part. Like, again, there is no reason to consistently like for the main male character to be like, I don't know why she's so insecure. I love her like soft belly and the way she has these rolls and her like stretch marks or tiger stripes. Like, shut <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other one, and like, again, this is very much rooted in racism, but when they talk about her milky skin, her ivory her skin, porcelain, yeah, her porcelain skin, her mm-hmm. ivory skin, shut up. Uh, like first of all most of the time the book cover shows she's a white woman like nine out of ten times in a romance we are very much aware she is giving like xerox she is giving xerox paper um yeah like you know if you say any more you might as well just be like oh my god she is so ghastly it's giving casper her like she just like woke up out of bed looking like casper with her like glowing ghosty skin like shut up um yeah so those weird aspects of fetishization is weird like mouth nose eyes ear hair nails toes uh toes i don't like feet but whatever we'll <laughs> let toes go knees elbows fine talk like, about whatever. something else yeah yeah but like you can talk about maybe those but like a hair oh my god the other ick in this region is when they talk about pubic hair like mm-hmm. i don't care if it's about the man i don't care if it's about the woman literally like if it's in the sex scene why do you need to explain the way their pubic hair feels <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really just like like and it'll be on every sex scene if it's brought up once mm. like i don't need to know that she's bald and i don't need to know she has a bush and i don't need yeah. to know that she has stubble and i don't especially don't need to know about that man or his hairy chest <laughs> Um, unless you're talking about like a werewolf shifter romance yeah, but when yeah. it's in the context of a human man but yeah so I don't like it's just a major ick in books to emphasize these specific body parts or attributes that I mentioned especially to things that can be fetishized or like have been used in ways to demean people or again like racism sexism etc yeah and I would feel the same way if they like oh they do this for a lot of black women like this ebony goddess this Indian queen like again these fetish like it doesn't happen as often and the reason is these aren't often the main characters yeah uh, female characters of these books 
but um, those also fall within this. It does not need to, like, that type of verbiage does not need to be used to show that a character is one, maybe, like, someone who's slim, a person of color, white person, whatever. You do not need to highlight it, like, every single time in a way that's so weird yeah um again i'm going back to like it's okay if the main character themselves feels insecure or is proud of that and uh the only thing that i'll i'll allow is if they mention multiple times in the book that he's tall and strong like because strong in the sense he is killing someone or doing something strong not just saying he has muscles i don't care you have to do something with them. Um, <laughs> but like being tall, that's that's allowed. Like you can say that. <laughs> like, okay. You can fetishize tallness. But yeah, that's, that's my other. No, I don't like doing that because, well, I guess like in real life, I don't like giving a lot of attention to height because tall men, that gives too much power to men and tall men. I I have not dated anyone under six one. So it's more like I just don't notice. <laughs> what am I going to do reading a book about some? You can't they see them. They're so days. short. No, literally, I can't. I, I literally cannot see you. Like if you are in a visual space where I can look at you from a distance, like eye level, like I don't have to move my head up. I don't know you. I have not seen you. Yeah. So somebody needs to reach the stuff up there. And to do that, you need to be over six feet. Okay, my last bookish <laughs> ick is what this kind of relates to my the one I said previously. But my last bookish ick is when a work has problematic themes, but your criticism of it is minimized because of the notoriety of the artist. So, for example, I read American Gods by Neil Gaiman because I thought that was a modern classic. And if not a modern classic, a very popular book by a mega respected author. Wait, is it a modern classic or it's not? I thought it was. I think it's debatable, though. Okay. And I read it also because I thought the world of Neil Gaiman. But even before I read this book, like I as a kid, I had read Coraline and I love the Coraline Does he movie. Write Coraline? Yeah, he wrote Coraline. Oh my god. And I did not know a man wrote that. <laughs> and then yeah, but then he like he blew it with American Gods. But no, like I read Coraline, but that's not why I idolized him. I idolized him because he was on Arthur, and I thought that only saints get characters on Arthur. Like Michelle Kwan, who still proves that theory. Icon. But, you know, to me, Arthur is a feeder team for heaven. Okay. So I thought Neil Gaiman was like, he was in, he was the guy. So I read this long ass book of his. And you know what? Meh. Three out of five stars. And part of that rating is because Neil Gaiman wrote women and wrote Pac so weird in American Gods but it's not talked about because it's Neil Gaiman or it's kind of like you know even aside from American Gods I feel like with really popular artists and you call you criticize them for something really valid you know the I feel a common response is kind of like yeah dot 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 but like dot 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 what the fuck 
I and like sure I can respect a classic. I do think there's some merit to you know that was the time, but that shouldn't stop anyone now from being like, but yeah, that was fucked up. I feel like some people won't even say that, and that's where my beef is coming from. Like I think the most dull question in English class that I had to answer every freaking year in my argumentative essay unit was when we would do Shakespeare and the question would be, was X woman empowered? No, no, no. Like, no, let's not make Portia out to be some feminist icon. Okay. Like a woman with 1% power doesn't make her powerful. And sure, she may have more power than other women. And let's call that out. But it is a stretch to call her powerful, especially in something like Shakespeare. Like, let's just not like, I don't even want to have that conversation. And I hate the defense that historical work should not be held to modern standards. And I'm saying this because especially with classics, I feel like, you know, you'll want to criticize it. And then there's some fucking loser in a beret smoking a cigarette being like oh that was the time and art and whatever whatever when I read this reddit comment that I think really sums up my thoughts well things that are racist now have always been racist they contributed to a culture of oppression and normalized deeply offensive racist stereotypes and verbiage the fact that historical authors didn't see anything wrong with what they were doing is not a defense end quote and frankly now you just sound like the racist okay like our You're just upholding yeah. oppression and racism. Like, it's so weird. And then, like, I think our favorite works can have discriminatory themes and you can still enjoy them. That's me, too. But don't get defensive about the prejudice, you know? And, like, maybe have a little bit of humility as well. Maybe be a little bit embarrassed about it. Like, it's okay that you dick ride Hemingway, but at least acknowledge that the dick is racist. Something about me is I have an ick. (laughs) Yeah, something about me is your ick will lead to me also having a different or same ick. Um, There is the devil's advocate, but it's not as bad as the soap advocate. Like, (laughs) she... Soap advocate. Yeah, she just snowballs. But from that, like, obvious, we have a lot of thoughts and we are not silent about them. We will always comment on them. And like I mentioned, only we will influence ourselves. We cannot be paid. We cannot be bought. But even if you hate us, you have to Venmo us $10 um, and give us five stars. So if you want to listen to more of us influenced by us on BookBabes Banter, then you can tune in every other Saturday and you can hear more by giving us five stars and $10 via Venmo. And follow us on Instagram at BookBabesBanter. And I think Soph really wrapped it up for us. Happy reading, babes. Happy reading. Happy reading.